the best Eagles basketball coverage. This is Creature Report. What's going on, Eagles fans, and welcome to the Screecher Report podcast. Uh, this is Russell Kelly. I'll be hosting this episode. I'm also here with Elliot Cressy. How you doing, dude? Yo. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> um, but yeah, we. Um, this is actually, before we get into anything else, the 42nd official episode of Screecher Report, which is just kind of crazy to think about. Uh, it's technically been less than two and a half years since we started this thing, so... Um, we've reached milestones listening wise and downloads and all that fun data stuff, but we're just happy to continue to do all this. And not that we've ever done like numbered episodes in the pod, but I looked it up and uh, famous 42s and that's uh, Jackie Robinson and Mariana Rivera in baseball, two big names. And then James Worthy in basketball, the uh, Laker legend. Uh, so what do you have to say about that, dude? Well, I'm disappointed that, you know, it's not an FECU all-time great because uh, this is an FECU basketball podcast. But, um, you know, that's pretty cool. I'm I'm happy we've crossed that 1 million downloads mark on the pod. That's pretty <laughs> impressive, to say the least. I mean, I know this is a niche podcast, but, like, Dunk City, baby. Million strong. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to say if you're being sarcastic or not. Um but yeah, uh, you know, I I think the next like we haven't we don't really have players in college basketball who who have those higher numbers. Um, so I think maybe the next real big milestone as far as uh, FGCU players go might be episode fifty five, which is our boy Ryan Roquant, friend of the pod. So uh, yeah. maybe we'll have to have him on for the fifty fifth episode. Um, yeah, that would be a very uh, emotional emotional ep- episode. Anyways, and after uh, after fifty five, uh, I don't think there's literally anyone that will have a number higher than that. Um, we'll go to we'll have to go to NBA, like, and that's rare too. It's going to be spotty because they don't do that in college. But I mean, you get to ninety nine, and you got like Dennis Rodman and stuff like that. So we'll see. Anyway, we're here to talk about a few things. Uh, it's an exciting time to be an FGCU basketball fan. We have the women to talk about. Uh, the men's team have a game tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday 3-16. And last but not least, the FGCU men's team has a new coach in Pat Chambers. And we will break down all these things and finish the pot off with the audio from uh, his introductory press conference, in case you missed that. So we can get started talking about that women's team. And the first thing I want to mention and get your take on, Elliot is how just totally broken the NCAA March Madness selection process is. And just for some context for the people listening, if you're not fully aware of how broken it is, uh, FGCU ranked in every single poll that you can talk about being a 20-something team. You've seen 20, 22, 23, you know, top-ranked national team in the nation and yet they end up getting a 12 seed um, in the NCAA tournament, which just mathematically it doesn't add up. A bunch more, if you break it down, it just does not add up. It's just kind of foolish, to be totally honest. But, Elliot, what's your take and opinion on that? I agree, man. It's uh, complete and utter bullcrap. Um, you know, just from a mathematical standpoint, I know more goes into it more than math, 
But, um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> this is going to sound outlandish, but for all we know, maybe the uh, NCAA committee decisions are based off AI software. <laughs> that is probably not an expected answer um, <laughs> that I think people would be expecting. But, um, yeah, I'm sure there's some sort of algorithm that goes but, into but it listen, on me, some level. Hear me, hear me out. Hear me out. Everyone on the Internet, including fans, like, non-fans of SQC or, like, WTF, like, why Why is this team, like, a 12 seed when they're, was it 27-2 or 29-2? I can't recall. I believe 29-2. So 29-2 with one loss to Stetson, I believe, which sure could be considered one bad loss. And the other loss to Princeton, who is an eight seed, and uh, I'm assuming they're ranked nationally. And if they're not, that's even more of a reason why this is outlandish. Um, also, the fact that the the women beat LSU, and LSU is a what seed three? Yeah, they're a three seed, and we beat them. Yeah, so I mean, there's unless they value the A Sun so low to drop to that seed. I mean, we didn't even talk about the fact that every major outlet, including ESPN, had them slotted for an eight or nine. Like nine at worst, eight was like consensus, maybe even seven. So to drop four-plus spots, either someone in the committee is not communicating or has bias towards uh, this team, or I don't know. I don't know how I mean, the committee works. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, they don't either. <laughs> um, it's kind of obvious because, like, I mean, you can go on and on about it. Yes, it's a mid-major conference. They're always going to get, you know, seated a little bit less. But, like, forget all that. It's not like they played some cupcake schedule. They beat good teams. They beat tournament teams. And once you get into national rankings and stuff like that, that's an, that's like a... That's a huge endorsement of that you're you're actually very good, not just good for your you know baby size conference, and they've been that almost essentially all year, and like you said, they beat LSU, who ends up being a number three seed. They did lose to Princeton, who is a good seed, but there's other teams out there. You uh, everyone listening and Elliot, you as well, if you haven't seen it, Sean Barry has a really good article out on like just the tomfoolery of them being ranked at twelve. Um, he got a couple players to comment and, um, uh, you know, several teams that are ranked or have a lower seed than FGCU, um, I believe seven, eight, nine, ten, something like that. were all ranked worse than FGCU or unranked, um, you know, in all the national polls. So it's just nothing adds up, honestly. Um, but I mean, here we are at this point, we can complain about it for days. Uh, the only way to really show them how wrong that the, you know, the committee is, is by going out and winning that game, which is on Friday, 2 30 PM, 12 seed FGCU versus fifth seed Virginia tech. Um, one other thing to point out, it's the only matchup in the first round where two ranked teams are playing each other, uh, which is also stupid. But anyways, um, you know, like I said, the only way to kind of prove people wrong and make them look dumb is by showing them how, how bad that decision was to make them a 12. But uh, I mean, Elliot, what are your thoughts, I guess, going into that game on Friday? Um, are you excited? Anything to expect? What do you think? And, and uh, I'm not trying to detract from the team or uh, Kirsten Bell, but she was also missing from this team for a 
maybe not half the season, or maybe it was half the season. It was a good chunk, at least a quarter of the season, and the the, the team, the women, still kicked butt. <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean, 29-2, and two, you have two losses out of 31 games. I mean, I don't even know what that percentage is, actually. I'll, wait, I'll have it right here. You win 94% of your games against ranked teams that are higher ranked than you in the tournament. It, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, nothing adds up. Yeah, enough complaining. It is what it is. I hope it puts a chip on their shoulder. They go into Maryland and beat the tar out of the Hokies. A uh, little disappointing that it isn't in Maryland because if the next matchup, I believe it's Delaware versus Maryland, you know, if Maryland is the favorite, they win, then they're going to have some significant home court advantage. But at this point, I don't think that's going to phase um, – phase us at all, I think, you know, they're set out to, with the same mission they've had all year, and they consistently get there, so, you know, it's just another prove-yourself type situation, and we hope they do. Yeah, they're no stranger to that, and, you know, just the amount of talent and experience on that team is kind of just staggering. I mean, not only is it a potential top five pick in Kirsten Bell, of course, but someone like Kendall Spray, who's like the active leader for three points, you know, field goals made and shot or whatever in the NCAA something or top three or something like that. But, and you know, she's in her fifth year. So she has tons of experience in big moments at a big school. Um, obviously, you know, TK Morehouse is no stranger to competition and, and just, just big time players on like scattered throughout this team experience. They know what a big moment looks like. They know how to take advantage of it. So we're excited for that game again on Friday at two thirty PM. ESPNU. Like we said, the men are also playing this week, uh, today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, in the College Basketball Classic Tournament, formerly the CIT, at 7 p.m. So come on out and enjoy watching some of those great players that you watched all season, getting their last, you know, potential basketball um, as a member of the Eagles. Uh, but yeah, uh, Elliot, how's that game, you think? It's against uh, Detroit Mercy. Some fun little uh, connections there. Um, one of the assistant coaches over the last few years under Coach Fly was Donnie Marsh, and he is an assistant coach at Detroit Mercy. So, you know, a little bit of a homecoming there, I guess, for him. And But, yeah, another chance to see TDM, Samuel, Caddo, you know, all the guys run it back. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's exciting for the players. You know, it, it, I assume everyone's wanting to play. That's why we're doing that. That's why we accepted the invite. So, it's exciting to see them all play one more time. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a good sending out, sending off uh, for Coach Fly. You know, we really appreciate his efforts, and I hope they can go out with a bang and just give it all they got, and uh, you know, leave everything out on the floor, especially for those seniors who either elect not to play basketball anymore, or maybe they just have other plans for their life. So it's kind of like the last uh, oorah in uniform at least for a while, so that'll be exciting. I don't know much about Detroit Mercy. I know they don't have a great record. They're out of the, what league uh, is it? I honestly couldn't even tell you. Yeah, so I don't know much about Detroit Mercy, um, but I do feel like we have an advantage (laughs) on the little bit of research I've done, not only in skill, because I think we're more talented than uh, a lot of people take us for granted, but... uh, to have the home court advantage too, it's big. 
So it'll be exciting to see. I'm, I'm hoping there's a good fan turnout. You know, it's kind of a weird season right now with the coach and the transition period. So it's, uh, I know some fans are kind of apprehensive about everything and, but it, put that aside, it's, it's about, it's more about the players right now. Um, and we hope we can give them a good showing and, and, uh, have an entertaining postseason. For sure. And yeah, um, it would just be great to go out there and, you know, see coach fly be sent off with some, with some more success too. He's been, you know, really good to us and really good to our podcast, always willing to do an interview and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, all, there's a lot of reasons to be sentimental, excited, you know, a few other choice words, um, you know, about this game on Wednesday. Um, but to move on, we have the big, uh, you know, introductory press conference that happened on Tuesday with the new coach, uh, Pat Chambers. Just a little bit of background. He coached uh, Boston University for a couple of seasons and had a lot of success. It was honestly uh, almost Enfield level of, of quick success, um, you know, where Enfield coached FGCU for two years, Sweet 16 happened, and then, you know, he booked it for California um, after that success. And honestly, uh, Chambers did the same. Had a ton of success at Boston U. Please don't quote me, but I believe there was actually a tournament appearance. Um, and then he goes and gets the big boy job at um, at Penn State, where he was there for eight, nine years, some like, like a long tenure. Um, but yeah, before I go too much more into that, um, Elliot, what were your initial thoughts, I guess, when, when you heard uh, Pat Chambers was hired as FGCU men's basketball head coach? Well, initial thoughts would be I'm not sure who this guy is. Um, so I did a little bit, a little bit of research and you can quickly find that he coached at Penn State and had a, uh, you know, pretty significant history there. Not very long, but there was quite a bit of a turnaround with that program and talking with some of the fans and, and people of the internet. Um, you know, Penn State never really had a reputable basketball program. You know, that's always been a football school. It's never been a basketball powerhouse, and towards the end of his stint there, it seems like they were on the on the mend. Actually, they were ranked number nine in the country and were a slot for the NCAA tournament, and then, you know, COVID shut everything down and kind of poo-pooed on that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's interesting, and, 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 you know, I'm one, and I'll tell you, and I've, this is just how I am, but I'm one to wait until I see results. Um, I think he's got some good skills and characteristics that Ken Cavanaugh kind of mentioned that they were looking for. You know, he is a, he has been a head coach for years and had success at a high, uh, major level. Like you said, and we've said before, it's the time to unify and then just hope for the best and, uh, you know, hope it was the right hire and we'll see how it all unravels. You know, we don't know conversations that take place between the coach and players, how the players feel exactly, you know, it's all a work in progress. What about you? Yeah. Um, I mean, my initial reaction was pretty similar to yours. It was, okay, who's this guy? <laughs> you know, there's, there's a bunch of, uh, programs out there that are D one with a bunch of assistants and it's like, okay, the name sounds semi-familiar, but I, I couldn't place anything. Like you said, the quick Google search, you see the record kind of my first reaction was, Oh, the record's not like as good as you'd want it to be. Right. But that's kind of the difference between, you know, a power five assistant um, versus a power five coach. Right. He was the coach of a program like Penn state. And like you said, 
the first half of his tenure there was program building. It was, it was building excitement around a Penn State basketball team. It was establishing a culture um, around a team that is that was consistently in the bottom half of their, you know, conference in basketball. And by the the last half of his tenure there, they were there's a couple of twenty plus win seasons, a couple of really good seasons, an eighteen win season, you know, and then some more lingering around five hundred, um, you know, sprinkled in there. So you you look at that in perspective, and he actually really did a pretty good job of, you know, winning uh, and turning that program into something. Um, last year, of course, he was a volunteer assistant, I believe, at LaSalle. They didn't have the best year in the world, but, um, again, uh, who knows how much hands-on he was, but still, I, I, I'm a little, I'm pretty optimistic about the hire. I'm not like sold or anything. Um, like you said, it is results-based, but that doesn't mean I, I can, that doesn't mean I have to be not excited, you know, <laughs> doesn't mean I can't, uh, be a little hyped about it. One thing you just mentioned, and I'm just kind of playing like devil's advocate or kind of like from an analyst standpoint, but like you mentioned, like he took Penn State, who was not good, and they had multiple years of not good basketball, and then towards the end, they were good, and they were on the rise, and they were here, and they were you know, about ready to make a postseason tournament and make some noise, and actually they did in the NIT, I think, that year as well, or maybe it was the year prior, but... Yeah, they won yeah. the NIT. Um, this is kind of a moot point, but isn't that what Fly was doing? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, my, my, yeah. you know, I'm just like, I know there's a, when there's a time for a change and it's in your gut and the program and the university decide to do that, then do that, I guess. But it's like a, it was weird at first because that's what you see, right? You see those bad numbers for X amount of years and you see a turnaround. It's like, didn't we just do that? And weren't we on the rise? Um, but apparently the program thinks not, thinks this guy is the right guy to lead us to victory. Um, part of me thinks it's a little bit of a popularity thing. Like this guy is obviously a little more popular, um, which is good in many aspects. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's a popularity thing at the end of the day because he has a history. He was at a big school. Um, that, that means recruits will probably be better. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I, like, I, like you said, I'm optimistic. I'm not sold. I'm not ecstatic. I'm just, all right, let's see results. Right. I'm, I'm willing to hear the guy out. Right. And, and, you know, and all of you, if you haven't yet, we're going to have the press conference at the end of this. Um, and listening to that press conference, I'm totally willing to hear the guy out. You know, coaches know how to talk. They know how to say what they think and what they feel and try to energize a program. And I, I really think, like, personally, I just think at the end of the day, that's what the decision was based on to go with a new guy. It was they wanted the fan base had been declining because they were not there. As soon as losses happened, they were they were off of it. They were not sold. And. So it's kind of insane that a 20-some win season had, you know, fan support was like halved. Um, but so I really think that that kind of a big part of this decision was was you know, money-based. And I, I, don't, I don't even think that's a bad thing or a, or a negative thing. It's just kind of what it is, no, right? Um, programs need to make money. And um, so, you know, you, you go out and you, it sounds – I mean, Kavanaugh wants a guy who's been a coach before. Like he said, he found that guy – 
and he it's still attractive to have to have a program builder and that's what he did at a big school like Penn State so you know I, I guess you're just getting the power five version of what you had in coach fly like I guess that's kind of the hope for um you know for for ad Ken Kavanaugh and and everyone else at the university right but yeah, I you you know we listened to the presser. Um, like I said, we got our big boy job, so we couldn't go to the university and get our own stuff in there. But um, what were your thoughts on I guess his comments um, about the hiring process and and about you know him addressing the team and and stuff like that? You got any thoughts? Yeah, and, and real quick, I, I do agree with you on the money standpoint. Like, unfortunately, that's kind of how it goes with building a program. You have to have a constant flow of money in order to have more resources at your exposure and expenditure. So I'm pretty sure, I think I saw a tweet from uh, Greg Hardwig that uh, Chambers is getting 350 a year over five years. Um, and that's probably the max that FTCU can output. Um, so they're kind of, it's kind of like a, if you're looking at strictly for money in a business standpoint of things, it's like going all in with what you got to hopefully get an exponential return. And um, I get, I can see that side of things for sure. But going to the um, search and the presser and how long it took, you know, 10 days was a little bit quicker than I anticipated. I'm sure when we talked to Ken uh, last week, he had already talked to, uh, Coach Chambers and, and maybe things were in the works or maybe he was even en route that night to come and interview per se or check out the area or, or whatnot. But it was a quick search, but obviously, you know, the, there's confidence across the board uh, between uh, Ken Kavanaugh, President Martin, that this is the right move. Um, I think the presser was, was good, you know, good opening speech. I mean, really all it was was a, a hype session. Right. And so, and I agree, but I guess the last thing I want to kind of touch on, and this is obviously speculation. We did it on the last pod. We'll probably be doing it for a large part of the upcoming month or two plus, but, um, so, you know, you never know how players feel about a firing, how players feel about a new hire. And I mean, unless they come out and speak out very publicly, but that's not really something that is encouraged very much across athletics, let alone as you know, a mid-major program. Um, so it's kind of a crapshoot to say who's going to stay, who's going to go. But um, I don't know. I, I have this feeling that I feel like a lot of guys are going to stay. Um, maybe I'm going to, you know, maybe I'm putting my foot in my mouth or something and they all jump ship. But um, I, I feel kind of, I don't know. I feel like they're going to pick up what he's laying down. Um, you know, then specifically that means guys like Largy, you know, we don't know what Cato is going to do with his future. So I'm not even really going to include him in that, but, um, you know, Richie's got one year of eligibility if he wants, and I could see him staying and, and kind of the bigger names. Um, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts about guys staying at this point, having, having heard him talk and knowing that he's addressed the team a couple times? Yeah. I don't know what the deadline is for say, like if a player wants to transfer, like, I don't know. If there is one, I know if you wait too late, you got you have to like sit out. I don't know if that's still a thing, but hope not. I'm, yeah, I'm guessing that most of the team is going to give the new coach a chance, maybe hear him out, maybe see how he. I don't know if they're allowed to work out now that the season's quote unquote over. 
Well, right now they're they're technically working out for fly because they're they're about to play the. Yeah. No, I know, but like I don't know, you know, at what point are they? How much they can experience with a new coach before they either have to say, "Yeah, I'm staying," or "No, I'm going." And I don't know if that's all going to be conversation based, relationship based, faith based, like distrust. You know, there's all those factors, and, you know, I don't know these guys personally. Like we said in the last pod, they could want to move because they've always wanted to go to Colorado for some reason. You know, it's a pretty place. They want to go play there. Okay, go do that. (laughs) So it'll be interesting. I do get the vibe that you have that most of them will stay. But, again, that's flipping a coin. That's all speculation. Um, Yeah, I think think it, it says something that nobody has entered the portal yet. Like, I know it's still soon. But I think it does say something big or small that that you're exactly right. People are at least going to want to hear the guy out before they before they move because there, you see all these other schools. People are transferring left and right. The portal's already up to like 300 kids, um, you know, and it it usually caps out around 2,000 around these times. But um, you know, it's already up to a few hundred. So I think that does say something. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I guess the other little interesting thing that we noticed today with the transfer portal is there was three guards maybe it wasn't all three guards but there's at least two guards and another player three players in the matter of 15 minutes from LaSalle that entered the transfer porter portal <laughs> and uh, uh, obviously Coach Chambers was at LaSalle so I don't know if he's got relationships there, pull there people that want to follow him here um, it's all speculation at this point but what I do hope uh, Coach Chambers brings now that we're missing our stud of a point guard and stud of a starting center or five. Uh, I hope he, there's at least some veterans uh, or some experienced uh, players to replace uh, some of the scoring output from TDM and Kevin Samuel that maybe Chambers can bring to the table, and I think that will significantly help bolster the roster um, and make our postseason run next year even greater chance of. You know, yeah, for sure. I, and again, j- just to reiterate what you're saying, we're wildly speculating at this point on the LaSalle transfers. But yeah, I to you know paint a picture. The we both watched the press conference like a couple minutes after it ended, um, just because again, big boy jobs. But um, yeah, it was within like five minutes after it ended. I had three notifications, uh, you know, from Twitter, from verbal commits or, or whoever. Um, saying that three different LaSalle players had entered the portal. I'm like, huh, interesting. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's just something to keep an eye on. There's, like I said, 300 kids or so already in the portal, so it's not like he's going to limit himself to only people he's familiar with, right? You're going to do some research um, and get to know other guys. And But, yeah, I mean, if if everyone stays, like, who's eligible to stay, then I totally agree though. There's still going to be four, um, you know, spots available that one of those should go to, you know, a playmaking experienced point guard, like we got in TDM. And one of them should go to a proven, you know, big time big. And I think the other two should be freshmen, more youth movement. Um, that's just kind of where my thoughts lie about that. Um, but you know, I don't, uh, I want to get too much into that <laughs> right now because we'll see. That's more of a wait and see thing. Uh, there's not even a lot to speculate about. But uh, anything else you got to say, Elliot, before we uh, roll into that press conference? No, other than uh, it's official. Um, and now, you know, we're going to try to get as much news and, and tidbits as we can in the offseason. Uh, also, for now, we're going to root for 
Coach Fly and the players that are playing. Um, but, you know, after that, we hope we can get some insight info, how things are going. You know, I know it's usually a cold first couple months. You don't hear much. I think players go home and, they're, you know, summer break. So I think it's a good a good move, a good hire, um, but that good only stays good after results and growth. So right. time will tell. Yep, 100%. Um, and you know, I can promise the listeners that we're definitely going to get, uh, the new coach, uh, Pat Chambers on the podcast, uh, at some point soon. Um, but not too soon. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you haven't heard that press conference, we're about to play it right here. The audio of it. Um, you can also watch it on YouTube. FGCU Eagles is the name of the account. Uh, if you have heard it and feel like listen to it again, keep listening, but Thanks for listening to the Screecher Report podcast. Come out and root for the men's team uh, on Wednesday, depending on when you listen to this. Um, and cheer on the girls' team on Friday. Peace. Hasta la vista. Thank you so much, um, Ken. And thank you, Dr. Martin. Really appreciate uh, and, and incredibly grateful for this opportunity. I know uh, Coach Carl has to uh, get going, so I want to say, Coach, uh, good luck. Congratulations on your championship, uh, all your successes over the last 20 years. Hopefully we can emulate that. Uh, and I'll definitely listen and sit with you and meet with you, and you can guide me in this process for me. Uh, and good luck at, on Friday against Virginia Tech. Um, but I'm, Dr. Martin, Ken, um, again, uh, it started a, a little over a week ago, and it was a whirlwind. It was fast. It was furious. Um, and your committee was incredible. Your executive team, uh, I can see them out there right now. Um, what a great group that you have, first-class organization. Um, and your passion and your commitment and your competitive spirit is what really had drawn my wife and I to hopefully, you know, getting this opportunity. And we're so incredibly grateful for that. Each conversation, each time we spoke, uh, I was more excited than the first time. And we, we kept talking about, kept talking about what a great fit this would be for our family. We lived here for a year, so we're very uh, acclimated with the area. And we're, we're so thrilled to, to come back and be a part of this, this great university. Um, I'm so thankful for the players. I know you guys are busy. And uh, for you to be here today to, means so much to me. So I really appreciate you guys for that. Um, the executive team, I, I'd be remiss if I don't just touch on you. I don't want to do too many thank yous, but I, I have to do this because it's my hopefully last chance to do this. Um, Jeremy, thank you, my friend, for all that you have done. Um, that committee, that meeting that we had late Friday uh, was just incredible. And I could feel the love, the passion for this university when I was on that call. And uh, you really welcomed me on that call, too. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, Trish, where, is Trish here? Sorry about all the cancellations. If she's not, if somebody can get this to her, sorry about all the cancellations and all the, all the rebookings in the last 72 hours. As Ken said, the, the weather up uh, north was not, not too pleasant, but we got it done. Um, so, Graham, thank you, buddy. Mike Estes, thank, appreciate your car. Uh, KP, John, Lauren, all your help over the last 72 to uh, 48 hours. Really appreciate it. You guys have really made us 
feel comfortable and have really, really welcomed us. Dr. Roberts, appreciate you. Appreciate the John Wooden remarks too. I really enjoyed our conversation and taking a deeper dive. I look forward to getting to, to know you a little bit more. And Dr. Blakeney, I really appreciate him being on that uh, committee and uh, all the questions. Again, I felt so warm, welcomed. Uh, I felt like this was going to be a really easy transition for, for my family and I and our, our new staff. Um, I have to thank LaSalle. Uh, Brian Baptiste, I hope you're watching. Appreciate you. Ashley Howard, appreciate you. The staff and the players of LaSalle. I'm so grateful for you guys, so grateful. You welcomed me with open arms, and I'll never forget that. To my former players and staff, thank you so much for all the love and support. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys, and you've been so committed to me and so loyal to me, so thank you. Uh, my brothers and sisters are here with my sister-in-laws and my brother-in-law, uh, my wife, and my, my kids are here, Courtney and Grace and Ryan. Katie girl, Patrick, I wish you guys could stand up here. You look so sharp. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you look so sharp. I'm really proud. Uh, what in 18 months? <laughs> Four moves in 18 months. Four moves. Talk about sacrifice and resilience. Talk about sacrifice and resilience. I love you so much. You're letting your daddy live his dream, and that means the world to me. So thank you. Thanks for coming along this crazy journey and this adventure. The last 18 months uh, have been uh, continuing to grow and educate and self-reflection. I'm confident that you, my, 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 my next team, my, my players, my future players, you'll be getting the best leader, best teacher, and best coach because I've learned a lot from my past. And I promise you that, and I'm confident. I'm confident in that. I was able to meet with the guys yesterday, and um, we talked about our map for success. We talked about what our program was going to be built on. We talked about our pillars of excellence. And I, if it's okay with you guys, I'm just going to share a little bit of the inside scoop uh, of who we are and who we're going to be and where we're going to go, because we want to compete with championships. Um, the way the great players from the past players and the great coaches have done here in such a youthful university. So one is faith. We got to have great faith in the higher being up, up, upstairs there. We gotta have faith in, in God. And then we have to have faith in me and my staff and my family, because this is a community thing. And you and your families need to have faith that we're gonna do what's best for you. And ultimately what's best for you is, is best for the team, is best for the collective unit. So we need to have faith in that. And, and of course faith in, in the administration that they're, they're committed to us. And I believe in that partnership and that's why I'm here today. Uh, we're going to hold you accountable. We're all going to be held account accountable to a higher standard. Uh, we're going to be on time. We're going to go to class. We're going to be on time for trainers and, and strength and conditioning. And we're going to sit up front and we're going to be ready to practice. Not get ready for practice, but be ready for practice. My staff and I will be the most prepared staff in the country. And we will help you in player development. We will help you in life skills. We will help you off the court. Whatever you need, we're going to be there for you. Uh, you have to be passionate. Uh, I get up every day. This is my job. I get paid to do this. That's crazy because I love the game so much, but I love impacting players even more. I love developing leaders and, and men, and I think when you develop men, you find success. That's what all the great coaches have taught me. Uh, Ken mentioned Jay Wright. Jay Wright is my mentor. 
uh, and he's taught me so much. Uh, Ashley Howard, I have to bring him up. He taught me so much this year. I have great mentors, but you got to be passionate about what we do, and I know you guys will be. We will be. My family and I will be at games. We're going to be out there. We're going to be in communities, uh, out in the community. We'll be uh, there for you uh, if we need charity events. Whatever we need to do, we're going to be out there and be a big part of this university. Um, humility. Look, we're blessed. We're blessed. We have to be, we're going to be humble, and we're going to be hungry. Uh, we're the men's basketball team. We're, we're going to partner with the women's team, but we're going to be out there, and the baseball team and all the great sports that are here, and we're going to be out there, and we're going to treat this with great respect. So humble and hungry as we walk across campus and engage with other students, engage with our donors and fans. Um, gratitude. In the last 18 months, it's a word that I, it's just, I've, it's captured my soul. It's captured my heart. I wake up every day. I'm grateful for my wife, my children, my health. And I think we need to be grateful for the opportunity to be here at this university, the opportunity to get a great education, the opportunity to, to play basketball. What, what an, how are we not grateful for that? We cannot take that for granted. And I know that you won't. And I will not take this position for granted either. So we're going to be a big part of that. So gratitude is everything. And what holds all of this up? What holds it all up is attitude. Look, we all have choices in, in life. We all have choices. It's either good mood or bad mood. It's either work hard or don't work hard. It's either show up or, or sleep in or go to the beach. It, it's, you, we have that choice. We're in control of that. And that's what I told the guys in the team meeting yesterday. I'm not in control of your attitude. You are. So it's either you're going to work hard, we're going to be in the weight room, we're, we're going to work hard in, on the court, we're going to get a little bit 1% better every single day. That's what it's got to be. Because if you don't have a great attitude and you don't have that approach, well, it's not, it's not going to work out for you. It, it, and trust me, in my experiences throughout my life, that's what it's been. So we're going to work hard. We're going to keep a great attitude. Oh, how about when we go on the road? Do you think the refs are going to be for us or against us? We don't know. What about the environments? What about sitting on a tarmac with a six-year-old for an hour and 15 minutes? Are you going to complain at, 12, at midnight? Are you going to complain at 12.15 in the morning? No, we're going to keep a great attitude and say, hey, it's out of our control. What can we do? What can we do? And we're not going to say one, two, three, Eagles. We're not going to say one, two, three, defense. We're going to say one, two, three, attitude. If you had a turnover, a missed shot, a poor test grade, something happened, hey, man, we're going to work on this together, but we're going to keep a great attitude. So that's our foundation. That's who we're going to be. That's how we're going to drive this program and get it back to winning championships and competing for championships. As I close, um, I just want to mention Coach Fly and his staff. I know it hasn't been easy for you guys. I know it hasn't been easy for him and his staff, but let's come out tomorrow night. Let's come out tomorrow night and pack this arena and show support for these young men. Change isn't easy. Trust me, nobody knows more <laughs> better than I do. Change is not easy. So let's come in here tomorrow night. Let's support these guys. Let's get one. We take one game at a time, but hopefully five. But one game at a time. And let, let's really support Coach Fly, his staff, and these players. I can't wait to get started. As, a, as a, uh, my new leader says, wings up. God bless, and go Eagles. Thank you.
Hasta la vista, baby.